to the adventure on Pumlet on W4CY. Wake up, America! It's time for the adventures of Pipe Man on W4CY.com, West Palm Beach's number one internet radio station. Here's your host, the Pipe Man. This is the Pipe Man here on the Adventures of Pipe Man W4CY Radio, and we have a great guest coming up next with some absolutely badass blackened death metal. So I would like to welcome to the show Michael Sanchez from King of Worms. How's it going, everybody? You know, what's funny is, okay, so as I was about to dial you up, I don't know. I've done a bunch of interviews today, and I could have sworn there was one interview today. And I don't know. I don't remember because, like, you know, they all like kind of mesh together. That mentioned your band name because <laughs> when I looked at, it, I'm like, that sounds like I heard that earlier today, you know. And it was just while I was glancing at, because you know, obviously I knew it before today, but when I glanced at the name, I'm like. I think that came up in one of my interviews today, you know, but hey, man, <laughs> if that did, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. That would be kind of cool, right? So yeah, multiple plats. So it's pretty cool. This is the second time recently I've heard of blackened death metal, and I, I like it. I like that term, you know, it's and, and nowadays in 2020, there's not many terms that I like when it comes to genres because they've gotten so ridiculous with genres and the micro genres and the sub genres. And it, it's become such a joke that when I go and do festivals, like I'll be hanging out with bands and we'll just make up a new genre for their band. <laughs> and it's I mean, only really, you can look in any direction. You can make your own new sub genre like. You just look at like a random object in the room and it's a new genre that's going to kick the next year, I bet. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, but I was listening to your music and I was flabbergasted by it. And the the only reason I say that, because the music is so badass, it sounds like there's like, uh, there could be like 20 people in the band. And basically, this whole thing, the whole album was entirely written, recorded, produced, and engineered by you. Yeah, I greatly appreciate that comment, man. That was definitely something I was trying to avoid. I didn't want it to sound like a like a one-man band kind of thing. It kind of just ended up being that way out of necessity. But uh, I'm glad that you don't think it sounds like just me at my home studio just you know, cranking things out. Yeah, because normally, like a one-man band, I think I have a picture in my head of that dude. I think it was from like a cartoon or something. And he's walking with the, you know, the drum and the cymbal and the harmonica and all that <laughs> stuff. And he's like marching down the street. I'm thinking of some cartoon. I can't remember what it is, but that's what you think of with a one-man band. And then, you know, but then I listen to your music. And I'm like. There's no way this is a one-man band right here. So that that's a kudos to you for sure. Thank you, man. I greatly appreciate that comment. I'm I'm glad I'm not the I'm not the cartoon man walking <laughs> down the street with the drum on my stomach, guitar on my side, and a piano on my hip. There you go. <laughs> Horns uh, on my shoes, you know. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And 
I have to say, I, I do want to ask about that. When it comes to this type of music, how do you do it where you're doing all of that? Like, it's so many different shoes to live in at once. I grew up playing quite a bit of different instruments, and, like, I've had my fortunate hand at being available to different instruments to learn. Um when I was writing the album and things like that, I kind of literally just took it one by one. You can't really just dive in head first and write a whole song out with a bunch of other guys when you're a one-man band. You kind of have to pick up the pieces. Like, I mean, primarily I'm a guitarist, so all this music did start on like you know just guitar riffs, kicking back, writing something cool that sits, and then. I did spend a little bit of time playing as a bassist in another like power metal band. So that really did help me get like some bassist chops and kind of explore how to be a bassist. And I mean, by no means am I a drummer, but like for the album, I did have like an electronic drum kit and I've played like, I would probably say a decent amount of the drums, but I had to heavily edit and clean it up to make it presentable. The, the vocals is just something that was kind of a, a first take for me this time around because I only did like backup vocals live with uh, my other band's pain patterns, but I've never taken like that lead vocalist spot. So it was a really hard thing to sit there and actually write all the lyrics and then also find a way to perform it as well without trying to cover up all the other instruments because you do have to treat the vocals as if it is another instrument. You don't want to cover everything up, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it, it's funny I asked you that question because, all right, so I played drums for nine years when I, uh, starting from, like, first grade. And then, I, uh, you know, I was in the school orchestra, so I played every single percussion instrument there was. And then I played, switched to guitar, and then I sang thrash metal. And I can honestly say I sucked at all of it. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 to me that's because I was trying to do them all instead of a hundred percent focus on one. So that's where I give you such kudos to be able to, you know, play all the different instruments because you know, I'm fully convinced that I sucked because I was a jack of all trades and master of none. <laughs> I mean, I truly appreciate the comments. I feel like you're giving me a lot of respect there and I wouldn't say I'm by far proficient in much of my instruments at all i feel like i'd say i've kind of skimmed the waters on each of them but tried to pull out something interesting for each one but thank you man truly yeah well i want listeners to know how difficult it would be to do what you're doing because it, it, it's it's hard enough to just play one instrument you know and like it, it's funny because i even have a visual in my head of like when you're in a band everybody's playing their input and either that input's good or that input leads to arguing and i'm just like kind of picturing you know being by yourself and then you know jumping from one position to the other acting like you're all the rest of the band all all, all giving input together but it's just you it's just you and all your personalities <laughs> Oh yeah, just gotta just gotta argue with yourself every once in a while, you know. Start out with your guitar riffs, and it's like, hey, that's a cool riff. Come around and play it on the drums. You're like, you know what? This ain't working. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, yeah. I mean, let's face it. When, no matter what we do in life, and especially ours, we're we're our biggest critic. 
you know, and it's like even amazing. I, I'm also a speaker and I'll get up on stage and I'll do I'll do a seminar and I'll get off the stage. And I, in my head, I'm like, man, I really fucking sucked. And then you have like a hundred people come up to you and like, oh, my God, that was so great. Oh, you changed my life. And I'm like, were they at the same seminar? Because but we're, we're our own worst critic is the bottom line. Of course, of course. I mean, if you aren't hard on yourself, I feel like you'd be more inclined to just let shit spew. Like yeah. you wouldn't have the willingness to refine what you're trying to do and present something good. Granted, the downside is you'll probably never be 100% truly happy with your performance. But at the same time, it'll only make it that much more convincing. Absolutely. No doubt about it. And, and I think convincing is a key word right there because that's the difference between a great artist and somebody that's just making music a great artist actually cares about the end result and is so passionate about their craft that they kind of almost do become like a perfectionist where somebody that's just playing music just gets up there and plays music very true i mean you can look at it in like the terms of wanting it to be marketing and like, is this music really going to be marketable? Am I going to really get much out of it? Or you can take it as, you know, it's your music at the end of the day, as long as you're making something that you want to do, that's, that's essentially it. So what made you kind of come up with the concept of doing this and, and what made you choose or is it because of the pandemic and everything that you chose to do it on your own well originally i did have this concept um king of worms in like 2015 i was still playing with my other band pain patterns but i wanted to do something i don't know i had like that itch to just do something different and when i say different i don't mean reinventing the wheel but it was more so like I wanted to do a different change of music and I wanted to play like the music that I grew up with, like old Morbid Angel records and stuff like that and Bloodbath. And essentially King of Worms was like my 80s death metal, 90s black metal worship kind of band. And I just kind of kept refining on it and goofing around with it for years, picked up a couple friends and we just contributed to it. And then it was just hard to keep schedules going over the years. So that's why it never really picked up. We kept switching lineups and things like that. I probably had like over 10 different members within like two years. It was pretty rough. So eventually I kind of just put it down. And with the turn of the pandemic right now, like having all the time at home, aside from, you know, day jobs and whatnot, I had all this time to produce something new and, it was hard to manage schedules with other band members, things I'm currently active in. So I figured it was about time to wrap that one up, you know. I have the time at home, so it was just more so taking the time to quickly re-record all the parts professionally and then put in that mixing and mastering time and things like that, you know. Yeah, well, there you go. There's the benefit. I've been talking about it a lot lately. There is a positive to this whole COVID situation because I find that you know, as bad as it and hard as it is on music artists, there's one thing that I'm seeing happen, and that is, so society has kind of changed. We move at 100 miles per hour. Technology's 100 miles per hour. It's 24-7. 
And, you know, artists, they have to tour to make money. You don't make money off of music anymore. You make money off of touring. So you're always, always, always touring. So when you have time to write new music, it's kind of like on the tour bus, on the way to another show or what. There's never that dedicated focus to it. And I think that's what we have. That's the positive of this whole shutdown is you have that downtime, like you just said, to be able to focus on it and make great music. Oh, absolutely. That's as as though people see it as a negative thing. Like there's time, whether you think it's too much time or not, or that distancing. But I mean, a lot of musicians are really taking advantage of the time making new albums and things like that. Like there's so many bands that I've seen recently that have been announcing that they've been like refining new songs for albums and this and that. And then there's a lot of musicians too now kind of seeking other ways to promote themselves without doing the act of touring like like the video game streaming service twitch or whatever yep. that is i've seen musicians on there now like recording themselves at home recording their music or even just playing songs for people online and bands are doing concerts on youtube now and like almost like little mini pay-per-view events it's crazy yeah people it is kind of wild some very positive positive ways to get around it for musicians and that's in my opinion it's, it's a great thing even though we're in such a horrible mess yeah absolutely now now i'm gonna say something funny to you too is okay so um we want our listeners to know how you spell your band name because it was funny at first you know just because i was going from interview to interview and i looked down and i'm like oh, shit, I better ask him how to pronounce this so I don't pronounce it without saying it in my head or, or else I'm going to pronounce it wrong. I'm like, and then it took me like a second. I'm like, oh, never mind. I don't need to ask how to pronounce this. <laughs> <laughs> but at first glance, it was like, how am I supposed to say this <laughs> until I said it out loud in my head? It's a, you just read it, read it straightforward. Yeah. Oh, man. So, so if people are searching for you on the internet, social media, King of Worms is definitely, it's not the spelling you would think. It's King is, uh, yes, O-V and then W-Y-R-M-S. But it does look really cool. You know, it like makes me want to go to the Renaissance Festival, to be honest. <laughs> It's very, it's very yield times. <laughs> uh, and if only that, you know, that's what they really are missing from a Renaissance festival uh, is uh, a black metal band. <laughs> oh my lord! If a, if they gave me an opportunity, man, I will jump at the spot to go there. <laughs> you know? Could you imagine? Okay, so could you imagine, like? You go to the Renaissance Festival, at the end of the day, every time they have like all the band people, all the Celtic band people playing, and then everybody's sitting there dancing. I'm like, man, there should be a different type of Renaissance Festival where, yeah, you have a band playing, but they're a metal band, and everybody's moshing. <laughs> well, the funny thing is I want to believe at least... 70% of those Celtic band members probably play in a folk metal band. <laughs> I'm, I'm betting they do because they all kind of look like metalheads. <laughs> oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, 
I'm sure at the, you know, their performance, they're playing their lutes and things like that. And then, you know, right after, they're immediately going to their local dive bar to play, you know, their BC Rich guitars and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know what? It made what you just said made me think what's missing from metal bands. I think, I think maybe I will start a metal band now with this. Okay, so I used to play timpani also in the orchestra. And, yeah. you know, they play that at the Renaissance Festival. But, like, how cool would timpani sound in a metal band? I mean, I'm a big fan of, like, orchestral situations and symphonies and things like that. And I absolutely adore it when bands bring in, like, the full musical experience of orchestras, symphonies, choirs, and all that nonsense. So, I mean, by all means, man, the more the merrier. <laughs> you can bring anything into into metal and make it sound great. I mean... Isan even did a couple albums with a saxophonist just coming in and wailing away over his, you know, black metal riffs. There you go. I like it. Yeah. Well, it's like kind of okay. Metallica does the S and M. There's a, some songs that I, I can't even listen to it. That's not with the orchestra anymore. There's just like there's some of the Metallica songs that just need the orchestra. <laughs> now that I've yeah. heard it that way. It's it's a different experience, and sometimes sometimes it sucks when you find the better experience because it's hard to go back. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, it's been going on for a while. I think people don't realize, like, even the Sex Pistols did a symphony album or, or performance or something. And, it, you know, if you think about, it, like, punk rock and symphony, you wouldn't think about it, but then it sounded really cool. I mean, I'll be really honest, as much as I'm familiar with the Sex Pistols, I never even heard of that. I think that's going to be my homework for the day. Yeah, look <laughs> it look it up. There's been a lot of bands that have done it, uh, you know, but yeah, they were they were like one of the first ones that did it. And it, it's kind of weird that anybody would ever think of the Sex Pistols with an orchestra or a symphony. So there you I go. Mean, you never know until you try it. Could be a win, could be a fail, but it shouldn't stop you from trying regardless. And I don't think it's really far-fetched from metal, because I've said this in, in other interviews too. Uh, I remember when I was taking music classes in college, and basically they taught me that m metal is a derivative of classical music. So it just makes sense. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm a firm believer in that. That was like the main reason why I even followed a performance degree for classical guitar when i was like in middle school i got really into do you remember the old 80s like hair metal band sabotage with like the yep. piano ballads and stuff like that yeah big driver for me to like go into college for that stuff because i loved how they were doing like in the hall of the mountain king but as a metal song yeah there you go i i think i even Sounds still have great. one of their albums in my album collection actually oh I have, I have a couple of their vinyls sitting in my other room. I'm a big fan of like that orchestral kind of music. So like old sabotage uh, bands like Rhapsody and things like that really pushed me to go to college. And that was one of those things that I still want to work on today, but it takes time. It see, takes that, time. see, that's pretty cool that you just said that metal pushed you to go in college. Cause like that's, that's the antithesis of what parents would say back in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember the absurdity to going into college for my first classical recital. 
I was like probably in the height of my heydays for like the metal look. Like I had my long hair down to my ass and I wore like the fucking studded boots and like chains and leather jacket. And I did my first classical recital wearing that. (laughs) Well, you know, that's funny. That's like me when I was in high school, I was in like 11th grade honors classes in like ninth grade. And I had my leather jacket spikes, my denim vest with the patches all over it, my sunglasses, hair down the middle of my back and the pencil neck geeks were copying off of my cheating off of my paper. <laughs> and hey, I, man, don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> no doubt. And I used to mess with the teachers too, because you know, looking the way I look, I knew they would, you know, think something. So I used to just sit there with my like head down, with my sunglasses on at my desk, especially if they were gonna ask a question that I knew an answer to, so that you know, like trying to avoid them calling on me, but I knew they, I wanted them to. And so they would call on me to try, like, uh, catch me that I wasn't paying attention, and then I would embarrass them. <laughs> Amen. You got to play that reverse psychology on the teachers every once in a while. No it's doubt. It's nice to put them in place. <laughs> no doubt. So how do people connect to you on social media, get your music, all that good stuff? King of Worms should be available on most, if not all, popular streaming platforms. I know we run through, like, Spotify and iTunes. Google Play, all that fun stuff. As far as like reaching out directly, I do run our Bandcamp page. I'm a firm backer of Bandcamp. Just look up King of Worms, and we'll be the Tucson, Arizona one. Also, you can follow us on Facebook at, directly at King of Worms Official. Nice. So you, you said you're the Tucson, Arizona one, so there's actually another one with the same spelling? I don't believe so, but I do... <laughs> I always pay attention to, funny enough, going through Bandcamp. Whenever I type in a band's name, it, I believe it automatically pops up their home location. And uh, uh, I don't know why it always catches my attention. Hey, well, uh, that actually, that makes sense. That's pretty cool. So are there any final words you want to leave our listeners with and that we didn't cover yet that you want them to know? I just want to give a big thank you to everyone that's taken the time to listen to any of my music and support all this new push for King of Worms. It's been a really hard process to follow through, and it's been a lot of work, but I greatly appreciate everyone that's taken the time. And thank you for having me on the air, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. And yeah, you know, it's hard to get through, but now that you're through it, it's definitely rewarding, isn't it? Most definitely. It's the light at the end of a very very long pandemic stress tunnel <laughs> oh yeah no doubt <laughs> well that's why i'm thankful for your music because during this long pandemic tunnel we need music for some therapy because i'll tell you what just let me sit home put on the headphones and disappear in some music and i don't care what the rest of the idiots are doing in this country <laughs> amen That's the spirit. Firmly back it. There you go. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks for the great music and look forward to more from you. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Adventures of Pipe Man on W4CY Radio. (laughs) 